I only spent like $4 on the Hot Fudge Sunday, so I made $16. <laughs> the problem was, Mary Jane, she found out and came over and just screamed at me through the screen door. My oh, mom was so surprised. What a so surprise. What a yeah. surprise. <laughs> and that's not the last time that happened. <laughs> no. But during that screaming fit, I just kept thinking about that $16 profit. But no. But that that wasn't the right thing. And I did confess up, which was hard because I was getting a verbal lashing. Yeah, I guess so. And I would have lost that bet. I would have been surprised if you had one date. So to have three is mind-boggling. Uh, <laughs> Okay, let's get back on track here. Live your life with purpose, change someone's life for the better, and leave a lasting impact on those around you. Welcome to Finish Strong, the podcast designed to help you discover your unique purpose and develop a plan to leave a powerful legacy. In this episode, Dan, Brian, and Terry discuss their seven life lessons to live by. Here's Dan, so let's get started. We learn a lot of lessons in life, some of them much harder than others. My name is Dan Wheeler. I'm the host of Finish Strong with Fearless Faith, and I'm joined by Brian Rowland and Terry Steen, and we're going to talk about seven lessons to live by. I've got to tell you, we've got a lot of experience. We've got over 200 years of life experience between us, and guys, hopefully we've learned something along the way, right? Gained a little wisdom. <laughs> you had to go there. 200 years. I... I don't know if I'm ready to finish this podcast. I need a nap. (laughs) Well, I started out figuring, trying to use an abacus, and then I had to go to my calculator. It was just too much. (laughs) That's how old we are. (laughs) Wow. Never thought it could be that old. (laughs) So we all kind of uh, contributed to this uh, lessons we've learned. The first one that I contributed was that I really have learned that I have to love God with all my heart, with all my soul and with all my mind, just as in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, And I've got to keep that relationship strong through prayer and Bible reading and keeping his commandments. You know, Brian, in our younger days, it was easy to get our mind off the Lord and uh, sometimes end up where we should have been. And I, re- I remember that... Um... Well, I, I hate to say that I remember this. I remember that. I don't think we cracked the Bible in the one apartment. <laughs> that was, was just, yeah. that's, when, that's when we were just going down the other path. But no, well, you're absolutely, I, you're absolutely I did, right. But yeah, we were working at a Christian television station. So maybe we thought we were getting enough of it that, during the day, right? That's that's what usually happens. You think it's just rubbing off for that. You're, you're producing and doing a show. So you're doing work for God. But Terry really stayed on the straight and narrow. I know he's upset that he doesn't have a testimony, but <laughs> Terry, you've you've always made God a priority in your life. Well, I, you know, I've done the best I could. It's, I, I guess you can really call it a life lesson, but you know, it, whenever you're doing it, we all slip, we all have our times closer to the Lord, our times further away. But I think over the course of the years, if we're all uh, honest, the, the times we were loving God like we should, the times we were in our Bible reading, the times we were praying, life went a little bit easier, you know? Mm-hmm. And not, not that everything was all roses, but there was so much more peace, so much more joy, so much more enjoyment in life when we knew that we were loving God with all of our heart. It's not mm-hmm. easy. The Lord has been so good to me. And when I look back, see if you guys had a similar experience. 
most of my problems were self-inflicted. Oh, no doubt. No, yeah. no doubt, Dan. It's an, I, I agree with you there. And what Terry was just saying, too, I think what happens and what's happened in my life would be, like you said, you get close, but then you, you start working on something. You want it to happen quickly. You know, you, we got these times. We got to have it now. We got to do something now. So you try to do it yourself. And every time that happens, it all just, just go down that sinkhole until you had to come back and say, okay, Lord. But he always does things in his time. He said it's not always rosy, but we get there in his timing and according to his will. Well, I think when we're first starting out in life, we get so busy when we're younger, Mm -hmm. building a career, building a family, and that's when it's easy to slip away. It is. And another thing is if we're expecting to get something, if we're wanting to get something, if something seems like an injustice that God didn't come through for us, it's real easy to get mad at him mm-hmm. and then kind of make the turn and walk away and said, well, forget him for now. Right. And too many times that can happen in our lives. I think that's as far as learning a life lesson, that is never the way to go. God always knows the right path for us. Mm-hmm. In one of our early podcasts, we talked about that movie City Slickers and the character Curly talking about the one thing. For me, this is the one thing that has to be in first place. Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. When that's not there, all -hmm. your other relationships are messed up and not where they should be. You're right. Absolutely. No, totally agree with that. And one of the ways to get there, though, too, Dan, and and then showing our love is by our prayer and Bible reading. I did a morning cup just the other day on 10 minutes. Just take 10 minutes. I I was reading a, a book on time management, and it said, if you can do something in 10 minutes, do it now. Don't hold it off till later because it just keeps getting further and further down the road. And by the end of the day, you're going, oh, I don't have time to do this now. And it's just taking that time to have some prayer, read your Bible, and then move on with your day. And it'll grow. It'll grow as you grow in the Word. Absolutely. I, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I watch a lot of Michigan basketball. Boo. But, you know, I have my Bible with me, and during commercials, I'll just read or pray. So there's so many ways we can use our time more importantly. Speaking of time, though, I, I want to go on to point two, which is... Family and friends are irreplaceable, so don't ever take them for granted. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. You know, John asked us in his podcast along the way, which is excellent. You need to download that and listen. But we were talking. He said, how do you guys keep your friendships alive? And we say we work at it. You know, to have friendships, you need to be a friend. But, of course, family You know, some people would think, well, it's easy to love your family, but not always. We all have family members maybe that are a little more difficult than than others. What do you think? Yeah, it's always everything's work. Every relationship is work. But if there's anything that we find and you always hear it, someone who's on their deathbed or someone who's in the hospital what is the most important thing that comes to their mind? It's not Mm -hmm. their money. It's not their job. It's their relationships. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they figure it out too late. So you're right, Dan, family and friends are irreplaceable. We can't take them for granted because at the end of the day, that's what's going to be important. And it's so true because in family situations, especially, you might not agree on things, but, and Dan, you said it before uh, when Beth passed away, just be there. Just be there for your family anytime, no matter if it's good or bad. If you're just there for them, that's always going to be an impression that's going to be on their mind. They know that you're going to be there through thick and thin. 
That's good. Yeah, in my book that I wrote about Beth called Hurricane of Love, My Journey with Beth Wheeler, still available wherever books are sold, Amazon, little <laughs> plug there, but website? on page 135, <laughs> yes, our website, <laughs> I, uh, ffaith.org, uh, page 135, that book, I said, don't wait until a life and death situation to tell the people who matter the most to you that you love them. Is there someone you need to tell you love them? You don't know when you're going to wake up and discover that your wife has stage four cancer, as was my case. And we didn't know how long we had, but she had three years. They only gave her a year. She made it three years. But why wait? Tell them now. You don't know when your loved one's going to walk out the door and you might never see them again. They might be in a car accident. They might have a heart attack. Life is fragile right? Yeah. and really have to work at those those relationships. You have to work at that, Dan. And, and it, it goes hand in hand with what we we're just talking about, about friends that are irreplaceable in family. And it's how do you keep that going? Well, you try to outserve each other and you try to do more than the other person and showing how much you should respect them. And, and I learned this from, I talked about one of my mentors, Bruce Motter, his wife, Marianne, had told a good friend of mine when he said, how do you have a successful marriage? She goes, so you can outgive each other who can help do more for each other. And he goes, what do you mean? She goes, well, when you say to your wife, I love you, she says, I love you more. And you go, no, I love you more. It's just like that, only doing things for one another without being asked to do it, just to do it. He goes, and when you do that, that just shows your love and your respect. And over in uh, Mark ten forty five, the Bible tells us, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to serve. And if we can't learn from that, that we got to serve other people, that we can serve other people and get their respect, and they see that in us and what we are giving out, I mean, that's what it's all about right here. And that's one of life's lessons that it's hard to learn, but once you have it, you got it. It was interesting because both Brian and Terry, you submitted something about serving others as being a life lesson. And Brian was focused a little more on marriage, but but go ahead, Terry. Yeah, I was just going to say, even with your children, I know that as my daughter watched me serve my wife, it made a big impact on her. And she realized the importance of that in a relationship. And so when our children see us do it, then we're setting that example, just like our Heavenly Father, us as a father are setting that example for our children. And even our friends, when we serve our friends, it deepens the relationship. You can't help but deepen a relationship when you set them as a priority. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously my wife, Beth, passed away. It's been, wow, almost five and a half years now. But... um, my daughter Kelsey's here living with me. She's going to get married next month. And uh, sometimes in the morning I'll go out to make some eggs. And I'll ask her, Kelsey, would you like to have some eggs? And she always says yes. And I make them and I take them in and I serve her. And then when she's done, I'll take the plate and wash it. Just, it feels good and to know that we're teaching those lessons, passing Very them nice. on. Very nice. So your wife, your, your children, your friends. Try to outserve others. Brian, you've got the next one. I want to talk about John 13, 14, because what you're just saying, Dan, is so appropriate. It's stuff that maybe we don't want to do, but we do it out of love. Oh, I mean, yes. in John 13, 14, it says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. Who wants to do that? But he washed your feet. Not you me. Also, I don't want to wash your guys. Yeah, uh-huh. you're right. But you should also <laughs> wash one another's feet. So it's telling us to do the little things like that. Do things that people don't want to do and help the other person out. 
But that also goes into who do we put our trust in, which is perfect on this. We have to put our trust in Jesus. At least that's what I was always taught. And what really came to point for me was when I was going to college, and right before my parents had dropped me off and they were getting ready to leave, my mom said, Brian, if you never remember anything I ever tell you, remember this. You're going to meet some fantastic professors and fantastic people, and you're going to start thinking, believing in what they say. She goes, but don't put your trust in any of them except Jesus, because they're human just like you. They're going to have their own ideas and own own thoughts. So put your trust only in Jesus. Is that why whenever you'd get a C, you just kind of rip it up and ch- or change it to an A? Because you said, I don't trust I'd that. I'd say, I trust Jesus. I'm going to graduate. <laughs> he trusted himself <laughs> to grade his papers. Terry, I remember uh, Pasquale's Ponce uh, attested. <laughs> you know, that's interesting you bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Dan and I were in a philosophy class together, <laughs> one of the few classes we were in together. And hey, let's face it, Dan was a better student than me. But <laughs> well, on this one test, it was an essay test. I owned him on it. I beat him. And so I can never <laughs> let him forget it as long as he lives. Yeah, he, he got like a B plus and I got a B. He owned me. <laughs> yeah, he owned you. He owned you. Yeah. yeah. But that, Brian, what you're saying is so true that, you know, over the course of time, and I've worked with ministries and evangelists and pastors, both of you guys have as well. We see way too many times that people have put their faith in stock in one of those men of God. Then when they fail, their faith flounders. It's yeah. like they didn't put it in the right source, and they're kind of wandering a little bit and wondering about Christianity when that should have no impact yeah. on their relationship with God. It really shouldn't, because over in Psalm 100, verse 5, it says, For the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Mm. So just what you were saying, Terry, it's perfect. We've got to put our trust in the Lord, because He's the one that's going to endure forever, and His love is going to be there, and we can trust Him in everything that we do and everything that we believe in and pray about. Yeah, yeah I was reading Psalm 19:7 too, Brian. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. You can always count on his truth. Terry, I believe you have the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fifth lesson that we came up with was you'll never go wrong doing the right thing. Hmm. And it sounds simple, but the reality is the right thing is usually the hard thing. Mm-hmm. The right thing is usually the narrow path, not the wide path. The right thing is usually not what most people are doing. Mm-hmm. And so if we could figure that out, obviously the, the Bible, the Lord, the Holy Spirit helps us determine what the right thing is. But deep in our heart, if we're a Christian, usually we know what the right thing is. It's just hard to do it sometimes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think we really have to think, and, and I guess we learn to do that as we get older. When we're young, we're kind of impulsive, but we have to think about doing the right thing in our actions and what the consequence would be of that. I remember <laughs> a funny story. My Uncle Glenn, he lived with us for a while. Uh, when I was in high school, my mom kind of felt like I needed a a, a male role model, model and he... Uh, Bet me that I couldn't take out three girls in one night, and he was going to pay me twenty dollars if I did. <laughs> and and I did it. Uh, I took uh, Susie Fenner to uh, who was kind of my girlfriend at the time. Took her to Joel Krugel, my friend's uh, rehearsal dinner. Dropped her off. 
picked up Mary Jane uh, Knopf and took her to Bill Knapp's for hot fudge sundays took her home you're not supposed to take your sister out this is supposed to be other <laughs> yeah no that's not i know i have a sister named mary jane that's oh, okay go on, go on. yeah and then i went out and uh then went over to pam preeb's house for a couple hours so i only spent like four dollars on the hot fudge sunday so i made 16 dollars. <laughs> the problem was mary Good jane Knopf, who I was kind of <laughs> kind of my old girlfriend. I don't know. You know, back then you didn't really have commitments. But she found out and came over and just screamed at me through the screen door. My yeah, mom was so upset What a surprise. Yeah. What a surprise. And that's not you know, the last time that happened. <laughs> no. But during that screaming fit, I just kept thinking about that $16 profit. But no. But that... That wasn't the right thing, and I did, con- but I did confess up, which was hard because I was getting a verbal lashing. I guess so, and I would have lost that bet. I would have been surprised if you had one date. So to have three is it mind-boggling. <laughs> okay, let's get back on track here. Listen to what James says. This is how serious God takes doing the right thing. It says, anyone then who does who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, mm-hmm. it's sin. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how right. serious he takes it. If we know what we're supposed to do and don't do it, to him it's sin. Yeah. I'm sure you guys had many people that come up and ask advice or whatever, and many times you, you sit and listen to the issue and what they think, and then you can see and tell that, they know what the right answer is. They don't want to do it. They mm-hmm. want somebody to reinforce the wrong answer, the easy way out. And it's right. just human nature. That's so. so true. I think we all know mm-hmm. what the right thing is to do. The question is, do we do it? Right, Brian? You know, when I, when I was uh, working for the Discovery Channel over in Singapore, there was a girl there in our office that was a really strong Christian. And this other girl I was working with, she said, you know, I admire her, but I don't understand. I said, what's that? She goes, everything is black and white. There is no gray area in her life. And I said, well, that's what God says. You can't be on the fence. You either got to be on you know, one side or the other. And she's chosen her side, and she shows you that every day. So it's true. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I think if we think about the outcome of our actions and the possible things that could r- go wrong, it's really a good check for our spirit to do the right mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, and Peter tells us, you know, if we are, he says in the third chapter of uh, First Peter, the 13th and 14th verse, who's going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what's right, you're blessed. Mm-hmm. So don't fear what they fear. Don't be frightened. So he's telling us, mm-hmm. even if there's some suffering involved, do the right thing. You'll be blessed for it. And that's God's promise to us. I think that ties us into our next uh life lesson. Um, And Terry, you came up with this one. At first I thought, well, that's interesting. And then I thought, wow, it is so important. You said we need to establish the lines you will never cross now. What do you mean by that? Well, and now is the key word. If we would set the boundaries of our life, if we would know what God tells us to do, we translate that into our life, into our actions, into what we'll do or say, and we do it now, then they're established. Then no matter what pressures come up, whatever peer pressures, I did this in high school and college as best I could. I tried to set the parameters 
So then I wouldn't have to make a decision every time. The decision's made. I will not cross this line. Whether it was a situation of guys wanting to drink or drugs or just doing the wrong thing, doing crazy stuff, if it was going to cross that line, I weighed by and didn't even follow along. And I think if we can learn that at a young age, it'll be so beneficial to us. Mm -hmm. I read about Billy Graham that he would never get on an elevator if there was a woman on there. He would never take the chance of being alone with a woman who could maybe falsely accuse him. And we've seen so many situations where men have gotten in trouble. But he knew yeah, that's a boundary he had to establish. And, and I always admired that. And you know, and other people said I, I would never have lunch or even a cup of coffee alone with a woman being married. So very, very important to think about that in advance and establish those lines. When you do that, too, as, as uh, Terry pointed out, you, you don't put yourself in bad situation. You see it coming and you can divert, get around that, and you go the other way of what the path that you've already decided you're going to take. Yeah, it's, you know, the Lord prayed that lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Mm. And, and the prayer of Jabez, he said, Lord, you know, keep me from evil. Yeah. Uh, we want to stay out of that. We don't want to go into that arena. So these are all important life lessons. And then mm -hmm. the last life lesson we came up with was keep your word, mm -hmm. keep your commitments. You know, sometimes I've made commitments and I thought, oh man, I don't want to do that. Why did I do that? But I always tried to say, okay, I committed. I've got to follow through. I'm going to show up. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's it's hard to follow through once you make that commitment. Now, that's so true. You know, and, and I, I shared with you guys the other day about when I first started playing uh, sports and got into football. And I didn't know much the game or just learning it. And I got discouraged by it because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't playing a lot. And I was, was, things seemed to be going wrong. And I told my dad, I'm done. I'm quit. I'm out of this. And my dad goes, no, you're not. You're not going to leave. You started something. You finish it. He said, and you're going to grow with it. And you're going to grow into that starting position. You're going to fight until you get it. And he was right. And I went back there, and he wouldn't let me quit and never give up. And that laid a foundation for me to never quit. It really all comes down to integrity. Mm -hmm. That's In essence, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, if you don't live a life of integrity, then there's going to be commitments you don't keep. And people are going to see it. It impacts your character. It impacts your story. It impacts what people think about you. Mm -hmm. It's all important. My mom used to say to me, what if the Lord decided he wasn't going to go to the cross? It was mm -hmm. too much work, too yeah. much pain. He could have easily done that. Hmm. He was God in, in the flesh, but he went through it as a human for you and I. And boy, he, he followed through to the bitter end and took it all for us. And I think because he kept his word, we need to keep ours, especially if other people know we're Christians. So mm -hmm. important. That's very true. Very true. Keeping your word, ne never quit. It's, they're all integrity issues and the things that we have to address and that we have to look at every day. Our lives go through things every day that we have to sometimes step back and look at. Even though you try to make a decision ahead of time, what you're going to do, you're always getting that push coming at you. You're always getting that push. And I think it's just the devil one more time saying, I'm, I'm trying to get you one more time to cross that line. And when we fight back, like it says, the devil will flee. And he has to because 
we have that archangel over us, man. <laughs> he's watching yeah. over and he's helping us. And God is protecting us when we ask him to do that and put that protection around us. So here we are. Three guys with 200 years of life experience, over 200 years. We've learned to love God with all our heart. We've learned that family and friends are irreplaceable, so don't ever take mm-hmm. them for granted. Always try to outserve others. Don't put your trust in anyone except Jesus. You will never go wrong doing the right thing. Establish the lines you will never cross now. And keep your word, keep your commitments. Our young producer, John Matarazzo, is always paying attention. John, did... Were any of those life lessons helpful to you? Oh, yeah. I think one of the things that uh, you said earlier on is about the, you know, you referenced the whole city slickers thing about keeping the one thing, the, keeping the one thing, the one thing, you know, the, and for me, right. I've got a lot of things that are pulling my attention in different directions. And if I can make sure that I can just keep that one thing in mind and focus on what the Lord has put in front of me then I'm able to focus. I'm able to do what he's actually asked me to accomplish. And so if I can remember one thing, it's remember the one thing. (laughs) Well, there is one thing you can do for us, and that is to rate our podcast. We'd love to hear see five stars, but that actually helps us, right, John, when people rate it? Yes, it does, because the more people talk about the Finish Strong podcast, the more other people will see it, and it'll get recommended for them, because the more you talk about it, then the algorithms and everything, they say, oh, there's there's something really interesting going on with this. And so it'll recommend it to more people. So make sure that you rate this podcast, give it five stars and write a little review and then share it with a friend. You can do that through you know, simply sharing it from your, your cell phone or through Facebook, however it is that you want to share it. That'll help more people finish strong. So take it from three guys who are in our mid to late 60s. The lessons you learn in life are sometimes hard, but they're so valuable. Don't let them go. Keep them and live by them throughout your life. We'll be with you next time on Finish Strong. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.